Welcome to this week's episode of Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. My name is James, and I'm so grateful for you um, just joining us today. Hopefully you are doing well and uh, that your walk with the Lord is growing, and we pray that we're praying for you. And uh, normally we... um, just do a little bit of devotion every week here on uh, the podcast, and hopefully that's been beneficial to you. We've been having a lot of new listeners over the last couple weeks or so, and so we appreciate every one of you tuning in, and uh, we hope that it's been a blessing to you. Uh, but we're going to be doing something a little bit different today, and hopefully you can let me know if you like it or not. Normally, what we do is we have a devotion of about 20 minutes or less, just something uh, that I like to share with you and hopefully and the hopes and the prayers that it helps you with your walk with the Lord, maybe meet you somewhere in your life to encourage you, strengthen you, to motivate you, to teach you, whatever that may be. I, I leave that up to uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so that's what we normally do. But what you've never heard from me is actually one of my sermons, uh, because I don't put my sermons on the podcast. Uh, they're they're on our church page and everything along those lines. But I was thinking about it, and I was praying about it. A couple weeks back, I did a uh, sermon on forgiveness. And what we've been doing at my church for uh, the last couple months is we've been doing a sermon series, trying to find God's will for our life. That is one of those questions that is often um, given to me and asked, well, how do I find God's will? What is God's will? And so we've actually been going through and looking at what scripture tells us that God's will is for our life. And part of his will for your life is actually to forgive others. And it was one of those sermons I I just felt like I wanted to share with you here on uh, this podcast. And so this is going to be, I don't want to use the word treat because I don't know if you'll like it, but uh, it's different. Uh, It'll be different. Uh, And so it is longer. Uh, I actually ended up preaching a little bit longer than I normally do um, on Sundays at the church in this message. There's just so much. And uh, the story at the end is, is what you know, I normally don't do, but it fit really well. And so hopefully you'll take a listen. Hopefully you'll download it. Hopefully uh, you'll listen through the whole thing. Forgiveness is one of those things that we need in our lives. We need to be giving forgiveness and we need to be receiving forgiveness. It is something that our culture misses uh, a lot in our our daily lives. And it, it really weighs on us when we don't give forgiveness, uh, when we don't receive it. And I'm pretty sure you know what I mean by that. It's one of those things that we we understand, but we don't always admit. And so hopefully, prayerfully, uh, you will take a listen to this. And if you don't mind, would you let me know if this is something that you uh, wouldn't mind hearing uh, maybe every week or, or, or a couple of times a month if I if I threw one of my sermons on here, uh, just for your listening uh, benefit. And uh, maybe we could do that. And so if you don't mind, um, if it is something something that you would be interested in, give us a like, give us a comment, a subscription, uh, follow us uh, wherever you're at. You could even drop us a comment on uh, Podbean or you could uh, catch up with us on Guarding the Well on Facebook and we'd love to hear from you. And so uh, we're going to be taking a listen to uh, a sermon that I preached just a few weeks back on forgiveness. And so hopefully you enjoy and um, pray that the Lord works in your life. You take care. Uh, If you would, uh, take your Bibles and open up to Ephesians chapter 4. 
Uh, just one verse for you this morning, uh, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 4 uh, this morning, I uh, really appreciate you joining with us today. Uh, everybody that's joining us online, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, we're going to be in verse 32. So as you're opening up, uh, one more quick word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we thank you for all that you give to us. And Lord, as we enter into an area of scripture that we often overlook or think that we handle rightly and properly. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do a work within us today because we need it. We need it as individuals. We need it as a culture. We need it as your people to live for you. And so we give this morning to you. I pray that you clear our hearts and our minds. I pray that you'd help us to focus in upon you, Lord God. I pray that you'd move, that you would work. Use me for your glory today, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. Uh, to those of the dads that didn't get to meet uh, or see you this morning, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, hopefully uh, your day is filled with a nap and barbecue. Uh, that is Father's Day for me. Uh, I made ribs yesterday for myself and the family, uh, so I don't get barbecued today. I actually have to take my kids up to camp, but uh, uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there uh, joining us online and everything along those lines. And so pray for the camera people because uh, the sun keeps coming in and out of the windows and that drives them nuts. It changes the settings constantly. But I came across a story this week uh, that I'm going to share with you and I'm going to give this to you up front. I don't know if it is a true story or if it is a story that somebody came up to use as an analogy, but it gives the point, okay? And what that story is, is this. It takes place in a Spanish town. And one day, a uh, father and his son got into a really heated argument. They were fighting, and they were yelling at each other. And if you've ever been in that spot, you know, somebody says one thing, and then somebody else says something else. And it was just one of those arguments. And things were said that weren't meant uh, things were said that should not have been said. And so the son uh, got so angry uh, that he actually uh, left home. He left. And the dad, you know, took an hour or so, calmed down. And after that hour or so, uh, he calmed down and he went out to look for his son to bring him home. And he went out and he searched the town for hours and hours and hours. And he couldn't find his son. And hours turned into days. Days turned into weeks. And after a couple of weeks gone by of him searching for his son, he actually, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to find him. I don't know what to do. I can't find him. And so he took an ad out into the local newspaper. And it read this. He goes, Paco, that's his name, his name in the story. He goes, Paco, I love you. This is your dad. Please come home. Please meet me tomorrow, Monday, in front of this newspaper building at 12 noon. All is forgiven. Love that. All the ad said. And so the next day, the dad went to the local newspaper building, and there's 800 men named Paco standing in line. <laughs> you want to know why they're standing in line? Because they wanted, they're, they're looking for forgiveness for, with their dad. They were longing to have their dad say something like that, that all is forgiven, just come home. And they're hoping that their dad is the one that put that story, that ad in the newspaper, because they're looking for forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness, or the lack of it, changes lives. Being forgiven for something that you have done, it can change a person's life for the positive, for the better. 
Uh, maybe you've been forgiven of something that you've done and it literally changed your life for the better, helped you get back on track, it energized you, it, it kind of, okay, I can do this now, I can move forward with this. But the same can be said for unforgiveness. That the person walks around life not forgiving others, that the emotion, that mindset of unforgiveness will actually impact their lives negatively on many levels. I've said this many times throughout this series, that God's will is not hard to find. God's will is not hard to know. God's will is not hard to see in the Scriptures. It's everywhere. The hard part is actually doing it. And I think you're starting to see that. You see, God's will for you is for you to forgive others. Now as I say that, some of you are already fighting against me. Some of you already have that person in your heart, in your mind, and you're already going, I'm not forgiving them. I don't think I should. I don't think I need to. And we're only four minutes into the message and you're already fighting against me. Forgiveness isn't easy. I read this week of a pastor doing marriage counseling in his church. And the wife looked at the pastor. Now remember, this is a couple, a married couple in the church, not outside the church. So these are supposed to be, that she, she, her exact words to the pastor are this, I'd rather go to hell than to forgive my husband. That is a very strong statement. Especially if you know what hell is. Very strong. You see, the will for the person in Christ is to be a life of forgiveness. See, God's will for you is to forgive others. And your life is to be one of forgiveness. I want you to think on something, right? I, 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 want, I want you to do this exercise with me, right? You don't have to actually move. It's a mental exercise, so you should be able to handle it this morning. Do you think that our world, let's just zoom in on our nation, United States of America, do you think that our nation is an angry nation? Just generally speaking, right? Um, not talking gas prices. We're not talking politics. We're not talking inflation. We're not talking that you lost your retirement in the stock market over the last four months, right? We're not talking about anything along those lines. We're just talking about generally. Do you think the people that make up the United States of America are often angry and frustrated people? I think yes. Now, not all the time. It's a general statement. But I, I, I think yes. But have you ever sat back and asked why? Why are we as a people so angry, so frustrated, so bitter about anything? You get a red light on your way to work and you want to rip somebody's head off. Why? You got a red light. Why is that? It could be because of one of the things I mentioned, you know, gas prices, inflation, things along those lines. It, you could be upset and angry because your boss is horrible. You could be upset and angry that the pastor preached 55 minutes. I don't plan on doing that today, right? You could be mad because of your coworker. You could be mad because your steak wasn't cooked right. Those things happen. But have you ever thought that it could be because of the pain? 
and the bitterness that we hold within? Do you ever look at us as a people and go, I wonder if they're so angry and upset because of the pain that they have within? That the things happen in our lives, and sometimes on a daily basis, that it causes pain. You know that? And I'm not talking about physical pain. Like you can step on a nail and your foot will hurt and you'll have physical pain. You could be wrestling with a kid. I was wrestling with Eli the other day and he hit me in the face, not on purpose, right? Like he jumped at me. My glasses almost went like right into my eyeballs. If you don't know what that is, you probably don't have glasses and wrestled with a kid, right? They go into your eyeballs. How that's possible, no idea. 30 seconds later, I get a knee to the nose, right? Not on purpose, right? It's just 30 seconds, boom, knee right to the nose. Not, not two minutes later, I think I got a right hand or an elbow to my cheek, right? And so these things are causing pain because Eli is really quick, right? And so those are these physical things that cause pain to us. But I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about the verbal pain that you get, the emotional pain that comes. Maybe from a bad relationship, from a broken marriage, arguments, things along those lines. Pain comes in our life in these forms. We all know it. We all live it. We've all been there. Maybe some of you are there now. You have this emotional pain that's lingering in there. I wonder if the answer to the anger and the frustration that we have as a people generally comes from the pain that we hold on to within. Could the anger, could the frustration, could the bitterness that we have as a people come from the lack of forgiveness that we give to those who cause the pain in our lives? See, if you look at our world as a whole, do you know that some people, even psychologists, tell you not to forgive other people? Do you know that? Psychologists will tell you that. Don't forgive them. It's not good for you to forgive them. Our world tells us, don't forgive. Use the pain and the hurt in your life. Hold on to the pain. Hold on to the hurt. And use that to grow. Hold on to the pain. Hold on to being a victim your whole life. Blame mom and dad. Blame your coworker. Blame your neighbor. Blame your brother. Hold on to that pain and then use it in your life. Why would you want to hold on the pain? Why would you want to hold on the hurt? I have enough physical pain in my knees that I can't get rid of. I don't want to hold on to any other type of pain that I can get rid of. Maybe that's just me. But why do you want to hold on the pain? Why do you want to hold on the hurt? You see, when you and I, when we don't forgive other people, it fosters bitterness and hatred and anger within you. Did you know that? Unforgiveness cultivates anger and hatred and bitterness within you. And as Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And another verse that you might be picking up on is one of my favorites is Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. That whatever is in your heart is eventually going to come out through your words and through your actions. And so when somebody is constantly angry, constantly frustrated, constantly bitter towards you and others, guess what's within them? Anger and frustration and bitterness, and it's just coming out. Unforgiveness 
When we don't forgive people, we're literally cultivating anger and hatred and frustration and bitterness within us. And that is going to come out in our lives. And so what do we do? We take the pain and the hurt and the bitterness that we have within us and we let loose on the people around us that never even caused the pain to begin with. And we do it all the time. You see, unforgiveness locks us into a prison of pain and depression. But there's a key to get out of that prison. And you know what the key is? It's forgiveness. And you have it. You see, forgiveness is God's will for you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Paul says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another. We're not talking about that this morning. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, we could have went to Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. You could read that if you want. We could have went to Colossians, which I was thinking about being in Colossians, but we came here to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, where Paul goes, God's will for you is to forgive each other. It says, in Christ, God has forgiven you. God wants you to forgive. Now, ready? Forgiveness is not you going, I forgive you, and inside you're ripping the person's head off. Not forgiveness. You don't get to use that as forgiveness, right? It doesn't work that way. Well, what is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness, or forgive, listen to this. It means to grant pardon for something. Remission of something against you. To forgive or forgiveness, it means to absolve. It means to give up all claim on account of something. To give up all claim. It means to grant pardon. Ready? Here's one for you. You know what forgive means? It means to cease resentment against. That you stop resenting somebody. For many, maybe even you, You've not given a pardon to somebody who's wronged you. Maybe you haven't stopped resenting somebody for what they did or maybe something they didn't do. And you still carry that resentment against them. And those emotions, that unforgiveness swirls around within you. Do you know in the Scriptures there's actually a lot of word pictures used for forgiveness? I'll give you a couple. Someone taking a bill and writing on it, nothing owed. So if you have a mortgage, you have a car payment, and you took the bill and wrote on it, you can't do this, but like the owner actually did it, right? Because I'd probably get in trouble, right, Bob? And wrote on it, nothing owed. Like if the bank came to you with a big piece of paper with your mortgage said, nothing owed, right? That's forgiveness. That would be nice, right? Here's another one for you. In a courtroom setting, when the gavel goes down and the verdict of not guilty is said. It's a word picture of forgiveness in the Scriptures. Here's another one for you. Taking out the garbage. Taking the garbage out of your house and leaving it nice and clean. That's a word picture for forgiveness. I think that's an amazing word picture. I like it. Unforgiveness is like garbage taking up your heart and your mind and your soul, and it's stinking everything up. 
Forgiveness is you taking that garbage out. Three more for you. Forgiveness is like graffiti being sandblasted off of a wall and a clean slate being left. Shooting an arrow high up in the sky so it can't be found. And then lastly, forgiveness is taking a clay pot and smashing it into thousands of pieces so they can't be put back together again. Those are just some of the word pictures that Scripture used to explain or to talk about forgiveness. See, what does not forgiving others do to you? To me. For many, the pain, the wrong, the sin. And listen, I'll, I'll say this right up front. Forgiveness does not mean nothing wrong took place. Forgiveness does not mean sin did not happen. Forgiveness does not mean there's no consequences. Forgiveness does not mean anything like that. Forgiveness means letting go. Forgiveness means letting go of the pain and the hurt. It's forgiving the person for what they did or did not do, depending on the, the issue. I'm not forgiving them, Pastor. I'm not forgiving them. Pastor, you, you don't know what it was like. You don't know what they did. And you know what? I don't. I don't know what happened. I don't know what took place. But you know what? God does. God knows what took place in your, your life. God knows that situation. He knows the depths of it. He knows the pain of it. And He's calling you and I to forgive others. But we struggle with this. Have you ever noticed how good we are to justify things and make excuses for things? We're really good at that, aren't we? If you need an example, I'll drop my kids off. Because I'll give you an example. One kid is crying, go, what happened? I got kicked in the face. Well, how are you kicked in the face? Well, so-and-so kicked me in the face. Right? I'm not saying this actually happened in my house or not. Well, how did you get kicked out in the face? Well, so-and-so kicked me in the face. You go, why did you kick them in the face? It was an accident. Well, how is kicking somebody in the face an accident? Well, they did this, and you see this happened, and then that happened, and this happened, and then, and then I, I was just walking by, and my foot accidentally hit them in the face, and I'm going, wait, what do you mean, right? That there's no way you accidentally your foot gets somebody else in the face, right? And you go, well, you see, this is... This is what's going on in my house, right? This is, we are really good at justifying and making excuses why we don't do things. And you know what? It's not just with kids. You know what I've learned as a pastor? Adults are amazing at this. Amazing at this. I want to ask you two questions. Who do you need to forgive? Who is it? Remember, I'm not saying that nothing wrong took place. I'm not saying nothing painful or harmful took place. It did. But who do you need to forgive? Now, here's my second question. Why won't you forgive them? Why won't you forgive? Maybe it's because they won't say they're sorry. 
They won't tell me that, that they're sorry, Pastor, so I'm not going to forgive them. I won't forgive them until they tell me they're sorry. I won't forgive them because my pride keeps me from forgiving them. I'm too prideful to give unforgiveness. Maybe it's this. The pain they caused me is so great that they don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve forgiveness at all, Pastor. Did I hit your reason yet? Why you won't forgive? Or maybe it's this. I can't forget what they did. Forgiving is not forgetting. Okay? You're not going to forgive and forget. If you forgive someone, you're not going to forget what happened unless God does an amazing work in you. But you're still going to remember. I'm not forgiving them, Pastor. They're going to do it again. I know they're going to do it again. I know it. And so because I know they're not, they're, they're not going to stop and they're going to do it again, I'm not going to forgive. Or maybe the reason you won't forgive is because this, you've held on to the pain and the hurt for so long, your identity is actually rooted in the hurt and the pain. That if you actually forgive that person, you'll actually lose a sense of who you are. You'll lose your identity. All reasons why you and I don't forgive, and there are others, but I only have a certain amount of time on a Sunday morning. What's your reason? Why won't you forgive? There's one other reason why we tend not to forgive, and that's because we forget that we have been forgiven. We don't forgive because we forgot that we've been forgiven. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Paul says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. God's will, He wants you to forgive. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Notice the second part. I actually put it in red this week. Paul tells us to forgive, just as in Christ, God forgave you. See, not only are you and I to forgive other people, we are to forgive other people like Jesus has forgiven you. Really? To forgive is just hard enough. Now you want me to forgive as Jesus has forgiven me? Yeah, that's what God says. It's incredibly hard. You see, we're to forgive like Jesus, not your cousin. We're to forgive like Jesus, not how the world forgives. Because how does the world forgive when it does? I forgive you, but I hate you. Have you ever said that? Maybe you've had that thought. I forgive you, but I hate you. That's not forgiveness. Hatred is not forgiveness. You're not supposed to hate. Why? We'll go back to the second message in this series. God's will for you is to love other people, right? The world goes, I forgive you, but I, I, I still hate you. The world goes, I forgive you, but every time I see you, I'm going to bring it up and, and hold it above your head. I need to pause on this one. If you're married, if you have kids, if you have friends, if you have neighbors, if you have coworkers, let's just say this, if you're breathing, okay, if you tell somebody you forgive them, and every time you see them, you hold that thing above their head, you haven't forgiven them. You haven't forgiven them. You're trying to beat them down with it. The world says, I'll forgive you if you give me something. 
give me some money, give me a car, give me a meal, then I'll forgive you. It'll make everything right. None of that is forgiveness. And because of that, that's why so many people are filled with pain. And you know what people do to mask their pain? They try to cover it. Alcohol, drugs, addictions, working over and over and over again, different types of hobbies. We try to mask all the pain and the hurt that is within us. But all we truly need to do is to forgive. You're to forgive just as Jesus forgave you. Now you see, we here at the church, we, we believe that Jesus forgives us of our sin and our rebellion. And if somebody comes to Jesus truly seeking forgiveness of their sin, Jesus goes, I forgive you. You see, Jesus died in our place and He rose from the grave to take the punishment for our sin. But He doesn't take the punishment for our sin. He also forgives us of our sin that we have committed. And so when we come to Him, we go, Jesus, I'm sorry. I messed up. I shouldn't have done this. And He goes, you're right. Because I forgive you. But what does that forgiveness look like? That when Jesus forgives you, what does it look like? Because you need to know that in order to forgive, like Jesus. So how has Jesus forgiven you? Well, right off the bat, you need to know. Jesus held off anger a really long time to forgive you. Do you know that? Jesus had and does have the right to send His righteous anger your way because of the sins that you've committed against Him. But He hasn't done that. He held his anger back from you for a very, very long time. The second way Jesus has forgiven you, he made the first move. If you have forgiveness with Jesus, it's not because you woke up one Tuesday morning going, oh, I sinned against God. I got to make this right. And then you run back to Jesus seeking His forgiveness. It didn't work that way. If you have forgiveness with Jesus because He made the first move, He pursued you. He came after you for forgiveness. You wronged Jesus, and Jesus goes, you wronged me, you offended me, you sinned against me, so what am I going to do? I'm going to pursue you to give you forgiveness to give you reconciliation. We sit back and go, I'm not forgiving somebody until they come to me to make things right. Jesus goes, that's not how it works. Jesus goes, how I forgave you, I pursued you. I'm the innocent party pursuing you to bring reconciliation and forgiveness. And so we are to forgive others the way Jesus has forgiven us, meaning we make the first move. We pursue others to give them forgiveness. Not only that, Jesus forgave you knowing that you would sin again. If I asked you all to raise your hand if you sinned within the last 72 hours, every single one of our hands would go up. And if you didn't put your hand up, you're lying. Jesus forgave you, but you sinned again. And 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 again. 
Jesus forgave you knowing that you would sin again. But we go back and go, I'm not going to forgive somebody because I know they're going to do it again. You're God? I didn't know you are God and you knew the future. Maybe you're right. Maybe they will sin again. But Jesus goes, I forgave you knowing that you would sin against me again. And so I forgave you anyways. Jesus' forgiveness is quite different than the forgiveness of the world, isn't it? But that's the forgiveness that he's given to us. Jesus also free, forgives freely and completely. You and I tend to forgive people if they do something, and then we'll forgive them like 99%, but we'll hold on to that 1%. Just to hold on to it. And we don't fully and completely forgive other people. Jesus goes, I do it. Jesus' forgiveness is free. You don't have to do anything. There's no work, there's no penance, there's no community service, there's no probation, there's nothing that you have to work through, there's no work that you have to do and come to Jesus and go, Jesus, I accomplished the work that you gave me, now may I have your forgiveness. Often we make somebody do something in order to earn our forgiveness. Jesus goes, you come to me freely, humbly, with the right heart, all you have to do is ask for forgiveness. He goes, I'll forgive you freely. There's no work to accomplish. He just goes, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive you. He looks at your heart. He knows it's not for show. And he goes, I'll, I'll forgive you. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to do anything. There's no earning the forgiveness of Jesus. You humbly and truly ask for it. He gives it freely. And you know what? Your sin is gone. Completely gone. Gone. No mark of your sin is there. Completely gone. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 2, he quotes the Old Testament, that God is not going to bring your sin back up. The sin that you have asked God to forgive you of, truly and rightly, God is not going to hold it over your head. He's not going to show up one day and goes, James, remember back when you did this? I know I forgave you, but you know what? I changed my mind. I held on like 2%. I didn't forgive you that last 2%. God goes, it's gone. Completely, utterly gone. He goes, I forgive you freely and completely. But there's one more aspect of this, and this goes into something called the doctrine of expiation. And I don't have time to fully unpack it. In the Gospel of Jesus Christ, it's so amazing, it's so great. It's not just that Jesus forgives sin that we have done. It's also that Jesus takes the sin that have been done against us. You ever been sinned against and you feel the dirt and the guilt and the shame and the filth? Jesus takes that. He washes that away. It's not just that He forgives us of the sins that we have committed, but He takes the sins that have been done against us away. You don't need to walk in the shame and the filth of what one did to you because Jesus takes it away. He forgives you freely and completely and that is how we ought to forgive others. But here's the thing. Forgiveness is free for you in Christ. But it costs Jesus something. 
namely his life. You see, forgiveness sometimes costs us something. In order for you to forgive somebody, it might cost you something. It might cost you pride. It might cost you time, energy. But it will cost you something. But it's worth it in the end. We see that in Jesus. Jesus forgives you. And one reason He does forgive you is so that you could be forgiven. He wants you to be forgiven. God's will for your life is to forgive. So let me ask you, who is it that you need to forgive? Who is the Lord laying on your heart right now that you need to forgive? Now let me ask you again, why won't you? Maybe you need to forgive God. You know what I mean by that? I know that sounds strange, but maybe you need to forgive Him. What I mean by that is this. God does not wrong us, ever. He never sins against us, because God doesn't sin. But at times, we feel like God wronged us. We feel like God did something or allowed something to happen that we don't think is right. And we sit back and go, God, why did you do this? God, why, didn't, why did you allow this to happen? God, why didn't you stop this? And so you manufacture this feeling that God wronged us. And so maybe you have to go and resolve that with God. Maybe, maybe it's a dad that you have to forgive. I wrestled doing this sermon on this week. You could even ask Amy. I almost didn't do this sermon this week, but I wrestled with it. To do it on Father's Day. Maybe the person you need to forgive is a parent. Even if they've already passed away. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a person that doesn't even know that they wronged you. That you need to forgive. Maybe it's me. I don't know. The list can go on and on. Who is it? Now for those of you that know me, you know that I like the why behind things. Forgiveness is hard. It's one of the hardest things that Jesus calls us to do. I'll be honest with you. It's not quick. Sometimes it's quick. You put onions on the pizza. It's okay. I forgive you. All is good. Other times it's like 20 years later going, it's hard. So why do we do it? Well, I'll give you four quick reasons. It frees you. Forgiveness frees you. And what I mean by that is this. As you and I hold on to grudges and pain and hurt and the like, it traps us. It traps us in that little prison I mentioned earlier. And for many people, you start to find your identity in that. This is all that I am. This is who I'm supposed to be because of what was done to me. It keeps you from enjoying relationships with others. Because as you get into a relationship with somebody else, you think back to the person who sinned you and wronged you. You go, they're just going to do what that person did. They're just going to treat me the way that that person did. And so I'm not going to enjoy this relationship. I'm not going to enter into this relationship because I don't want that to happen again. 
These are all real issues and pains. Forgiving someone frees you from that. Forgiveness enables you to let go of the pain. Enables you to let go of the hurt. Enables you to let go of the person who wronged you. Forgiveness enables you to enjoy relationships. Forgiveness enables you to find life and peace and joy instead of carrying around the garbage. Forgiveness frees you from that. Number two, forgiveness brings a closeness to God. Do you know that unforgiveness is a sin? When you don't forgive somebody, you're actually sinning against God because God calls you to forgive others. So when we don't do what God calls us to do, we're actually sinning. And you know what happens when we sin? God disciplines us because He's a loving Father. And loving fathers discipline rightly and correctly. And that's what God does to His children when we walk in disobedience. And so God disciplines us. And when there's a discipline, there's not a closeness, there's not a oneness, there's not a unity that's there. We don't lose God, but the closeness isn't there. But when we forgive others, you know what we're doing? We're obeying God, and we're able to walk closer with God because we don't have that barrier, unforgiveness between He and us. So forgiveness, it frees you, but it also enables you to come closer to God. And number three, this is a hard one. You have to understand you are not wronged as much as God was. And some of you will argue with me on this, and that's fine. I understand it. Many people, maybe even you, have had some deep, painful, sinful abuse happen to them. All wrong. All deep. I'm not saying none of that is there. It's there. And it is in times like this that forgiveness is the hardest. What I'm saying is this, the person who offended you has offended God more. The person who offended you offended God more. When they did that to you, they offended God in doing that. They offended God daily before they did that to you. They've offended God daily since doing that. They have offended a holy and righteous God. And that person who has offended you, they have offended God even more. And you know what? God still offers them forgiveness in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so if God offers forgiveness, shouldn't we? And number four, we are never more like God than when we forgive. Ephesians chapter 5, literally the next couple words, Paul says, be imitators of God. You know how you be imitators of God? You forgive. You're never more like God than when you forgive. Ready? God works in forgiveness. Satan works in unforgiveness. This is how it is. Who do you need to forgive? I know it's not easy. Some of you have been wrong deeply. And you don't know if you can forgive. You can forgive in and through Christ. Came across a story I'm going to close with. People always tell me that forgiveness is hard, and it is hard. I wrestle with it too. Corey Tenboom says this. If you don't know who she is, look her up. You'll get a little picture of her in, in this story. Corey Tenboom, she writes this. 
It was in a church in Munich that I saw him. A balding, heavy-set man in a gray overcoat. A brown felt hand, hat clutched between his hands. People were filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken, moving along the rows of wooden chairs to the door at the rear. It was 1947, and I had come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. It was the truth they needed most to hear in that bitter, bombed-out land, and I gave them my favorite mental picture. Maybe because the sea is never far from a Hollander's mind, I like to think that that's where forgiven sins were thrown. She said, when we confess our sins, I said, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. The solemn face stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. There were never questions after a talk in Germany in 1947. People stood up in silence, and silence collected their wraps, and silence left the room. And that's when I saw him working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and brown hat, the next a blue uniform and a visored cap with its skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush. The huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy, how thin you were. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi occupation of Holland. This man had been a guard at Ravensbrück consecration camp where we were set. Now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message for Erlein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken on forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me. Of course, how could he remember one prisoner among the thousands of women? But I remembered him in the leather crop swinging from his belt. It was the first time since my release that I had been face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned, mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard in there. No, he didn't remember me. But since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I'd like to hear it from your lips as well. Carline, again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I, whose sins had every day to be forgiven and could not. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do. For I had to do it, I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I knew it not only as a commandment of God, but as a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. Those who were able to forgive their former enemies were able also to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what the physical scars. Those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And still I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. 
I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You support the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands. And then the ceiling warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I'd never known God's love so intensely as I did then. The woman who was in a Nazi concentration camp that watched her sister die in that same camp, years later forgave one of the guards. Forgiveness is possible. But one reason we don't forgive is maybe because we don't know the forgiveness of the Savior. Do you? Do you know the forgiveness of Jesus? That He gives to any who freely come and ask? It is that forgiveness that we need in our lives, but it is also that forgiveness that we need to give to others in this world. Because this world is filled with a whole lot of people that are holding on to the pain and the anger and the bitterness within them. And it is the forgiveness of Christ that sets them free, that sets you free. Who do you need to forgive? Maybe it's time that you forgave them like Jesus forgives you. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you for the forgiveness that you give to us. Father, forgive us when we don't practice it and give it as we ought. It is hard. I pray that you'd help us to forgive others. Help us to grow in it. I pray that you'd help us to forgive those that we are, just don't want to forgive. I pray that you'd do a work within us that would reveal your hand and your grace and your forgiveness. Lord. That you would free us from the jail that we put ourselves in within. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.